Welcome to It Starts With A Click. I'm Olivia Bossett, fashion photographer and educator, and this is a podcast for fashion photographers looking to build their business on their own terms. Hello, how are you? I hope you're having a fantastic week. I have a great episode for you this week with the amazing Anne-Marie Sterian, who is a fashion photographer, but she's also the owner of Shutterhouse Studios in North London. I had the opportunity to shoot at Shutterhouse for the first time in March, and I also got to meet Anne-Marie there, and I asked her if she'd be interested in coming on the podcast to talk to me not just about her career as a fashion photographer, but also what it's like running a studio, because I don't really know much about running a studio, and I'm sure that you guys don't either. So it was really interesting hearing her story, hearing why she runs a studio, what it's like running the studio, and loads and loads of extra things about her career as a photographer as well. She's really inspiring, she's really lovely, and if you are looking for a studio to shoot in, I do highly recommend Shutterhouse. They have three different studios, and they're all beautiful. I really hope you enjoy listening to the episode, and I will speak to you at the end. Hi, Anne-Marie. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, for anyone who doesn't know you, could you please tell us about yourself and how you got started with photography? Sure. So my name is Anne-Marie Sterian. I am 26. I'm Italian and uh, I'm a phot- fashion photographer and studio owner based in London. Amazing. You're so like you're so young and you do so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, I kind of threw myself into it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Um, what brought you from Italy to London? Because I know you're Italian. Yeah, so I studied I studied art in Italy. Um, I studied mostly fine art and sculpture. Mm-hmm. And I decided to move to London to carry on and study fine art at university. So I came here and I did, had some um, uh, open days. And then I decided I didn't want to go to university. <laughs> and I met somebody who was a photographer at the time. And um, I just asked him out of interest, can you teach me some photography? Um, and he, he was a photographer for many, many years. And he said, yeah, sure, I can, I can teach you some uh, on weekends. And whenever, you know, I was, I was having, I was doing like a little job, first job after moving in London. And yeah, we were meeting in the evenings. We were printing some very old negatives with like expired chemicals <laughs> in his studio. And yeah, I got hooked. Um, I remember first seeing a picture appearing in uh, you know in a tray after developing it, mm-hmm. and thinking that photography, you know, could actually be something that you can do with your hands and actually more not just digital. And yeah, and I decided I wanted to learn it. Um, and I kind of gave myself the time of a university, so like mm. three years um, to try and, you know, survive on it. So I decided to open up a photographic studio that I could live in and just learn and absorb from the people that were coming in the studio. I assisted everyone for the first year and a half. <laughs> Everybody that was coming to the studio. And then I kind of just went off on my own and did my own thing. That's so cool, because that's one thing that I didn't realize until I came to your studio is that you live in your studio, which is so cool, because you're literally just immersed in it constantly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have no choice but to live or, and breathe photography, 
which is awesome. Um, do you still shoot on film and do you still like develop your own negatives and stuff? Yeah, so the journey started on film. Then obviously it's very expensive, so I had to, you know, learn mostly on digital um, and kind of carry on, carried on with digital until last year when we started. Basically, we opened our own darkroom within Shutterhouse. And now I can do my own uh, black and white color processing, also printing. So I'm kind of like going back to shooting 90% on film as much as possible. I'm going to have to come and you're going to have to teach me like how to process darkroom stuff <laughs> properly. Because I like, I shoot primarily on film and, but I've never, I've done a week of darkroom printing when I was at uni and I don't remember how to do it at all. And I've just, I've just not done it. So I really want to learn. Oh, it's so easy to get back into it. Yeah, I can show you, definitely. Yeah, it'd be really cool. What would you say inspires you? Because I have to tell you this, actually. I didn't, I didn't know this until the other day when I was looking on your website. And I have a mood board in my office that is like a vision board. And one of your images is on it. Oh, my God. And I didn't know it was yours. I had just found it on Pinterest. And I was like, I really love that shot. And it's it's literally sitting there in my office at all times. And I had no idea who you were. And I didn't even know who you were, like, photography-wise until I came to the studio. And then I came to see to the studio to shoot. And we met. And then I was, like, looking at your website properly again after we'd spoken. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the shot from my mood board. Which picture is it? It's, no, I'm very um, curious. it's the girl in a bright pink dress on a bed in a field. Okay, yes. Okay, I love amazing. that. I love that shoot. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's been on my vision board this year. So I thought that was quite a cool. So you inspire me. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so lovely. <laughs> I love that shoot. It's still one of my favorite shoots I've done. Definitely. And what would you say inspires you? What inspires me? Um... Something that I started doing recently is adding um, paintings to my mood boards. Mm-hmm. I do so, that too. Yeah, just either for like color palette or like, I don't know, I find some like art on Instagram and I just save it. And then whenever I'm doing a mood board, I just like, yeah, I like to add it in there because, you know, it just gives an idea of like what I want to go for. Um, and then recently I also started to try not to look, um, to pull images that are too close to what I'm thinking about. So like try and maybe like start with a concept on my own, like, you know, try and be bored for like half an hour without any stimulation from computers and Instagram and stuff like that and come up with an idea and then develop it by adding the references that match it. Yeah. Um, Also, I think nature inspires me a lot. I have tons of plants. You do. (laughs) I can see them right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love uh, I love nature in general, plants and flowers and stuff like that. It kind of recurs in my photography as well. There's always that little element here and there. Um, so yeah, I would say these these elements definitely. Cool, we're pretty similar then, because like all the same things inspire yeah. me. So yeah, definitely can see that. Um, <clears throat> you, I was looking at your portfolio, and you do use a lot of set design in your work would you do you do that on your own or do you bring someone in to do that for you or with you yeah um i feel like that's due to the community where that i'm in 
Um, so Shatterhouse started with my studio, but then now it developed into three different studios. And one of the other studios is owned by a set designer friend of mine. Um, and yeah, so he helps me out with all the set designs. He's got tons and tons of props, um, a basement full of stuff. And then just the both of us like to collect things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, whenever anybody's throwing something away, we're always like going to check in case we can like paint it or revamp it and use it for something else. Um, yeah, we like to change the props in the studios as well very often. So, you know, people can get to shoot with loads of different things. Um, and I definitely think having somebody like this that's so close to me that I can just knock on his door and be like, I have this idea, do you think it's doable? (laughs) It's very, very useful because then he can, you know, he can tell me, bring your aspirations down or yeah, we can definitely do that. Like the idea with the bed in the field, for example, it all started with thinking about doing a shoot, about wanting to be, you know, being during this this lockdown, uh, being indoors a lot and just wanting to be outside and back into the outside world and kind of as a daydream dream. Mm-hmm. Um, we shot the bed in the studio first with loads of progressively getting uh, more full of greenery around it. And then we just took the bed to a field nearby, um, which is actually a client's field. Um, we exchanged studio time for field time. Amazing. <laughs> And we just popped the bed in there and, yeah, shot it out, outside as kind of a dream. <laughs> it was a dream and I love that shoot. So it's it's really cool. And how did you logistically, because I know a lot of people listening will be like, I'd love to do something major like that where you have like a huge bed or a massive prop of some other kind. How did you get the bed to the field? Okay, so I have a friend with a van. <laughs> I think most of my shoots are just literally putting together all the connections that I have. Yeah. So just, you know, putting it out there and, you know, telling people I have this idea, I want to do this. And then automatically people bounce back and they're like, oh, I can help you with this or I can, how about we do it in this place or... So yeah, the bed was found at the neighbor's place, for instance, they were throwing it, they were, they had like a pile of different things that they wanted to get rid of. And we went to have a look at it. And and we thought, oh my God, this would be really good for a photo shoot. So we took it and, and then getting it to the, to the field was obviously a friend with a van. Dressing it was another friend that had loads of like fabrics and things. So yeah, I just think there's always somebody that can help you somehow you just have to like do the step forward and like asking or you know putting it out there and see who'd be interested to collaborate yeah definitely like most of my work is a big collaboration of loads of people yeah that's the same with me and you you should never one thing I've learned is just never be shy to ask for help yes like a perfect example with me I had a shoot um in December where I really wanted a fishing rod and I couldn't find a fishing rod that looked like what I had in my head because they were all really modern and full of metal and like they were silver and I was like I want something wooden (laughs) I want something natural (laughs) and I just randomly sent a text to my friend who was the makeup artist for the shoot and I said I don't think I'm gonna be able to do my shot with the fishing rod because I cannot find a fishing rod and she was like I have one I have an old wooden fishing rod that was my granddad's (laughs) Oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah, so you just just ask people because sometimes I'm always surprised by the amazing things that just people I know and the the community around you can like pull together, which is yeah, really cool. Definitely. 
Uh, so let's talk about Shutterhouse because that is the coolest thing ever, what you've done. Um, how did it come to life? Okay, so um, I, as I said, I wanted to find a space where I could live in and work at the same time. Um, so I found I found this warehouse um, warehouse space, and then I started doing it up really slowly because I was still I just moved to the UK. I didn't really have much money. So my neighbor, the set designer mm-hmm. uh, person that I told you about, he obviously yeah <laughs> took it as a project as well for himself. Um, and we started building it together and it evolved ever since it keeps changing so yeah we took a wall down you know built all the bookshelves with the plants um, and then now you know it grew to three different studios um, little by little I think the Shutterhouse philosophy is not to you know have just a normal cove type of studio Um, you know we like different textures and if you know hand painted backdrops loads of props um kind of to give a space that you can do your own where you can create your own thing and make your own set design um because i feel like you know a colorama you can put a colorama anywhere isn't it um so yeah we just like to we like every corner of our studios to be a different set amazing and what's it like living in it is it ever like just want a day on your own where you can't don't have people running around (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but at the same time I like to have a good balance Mm -hmm. in the studio so I don't hire the space out seven days a week definitely it's more like five days and you know if I want to if I want to shoot in another studio you know I can go there or Mm um yeah I try to keep this one in particular where I live in, not the busiest one. Yeah. And, you know, most of the work in the other ones. That's why when people ask me, oh, can I have a greenhouse? And I'm like, it's very busy in here. <laughs> it is. It actually is. Yeah, like I have it's my a beautiful shoot. space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I found the right balance with time. Amazing. And it doesn't really bother me because I like to make connections and I like to meet new people and you never know what comes from it. Yeah, and you have a really cute dog that everyone loves as well. Which is growling in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I can't hear him, so he's being very good. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Um, One of the things that I love in particular about your studio is you have so many different painted backdrops and, like you said, all the props and everything. Um, Do you make your own backdrops? And if you do, how do you do that? Because I know that there will be people listening who would love to have a go at making their own backdrop, but don't even know where to start, me, yeah. in, me included. <laughs> yeah, we, we make our own backdrops. Um, we started making them years ago, um, my set designer friend, obviously, and then I come up with the ideas and the colors, and we make them together. Um, but he's the pro. Like He can, he can get the textures perfectly. Um, we started with dust sheets at mm-hmm. the beginning, and he was using them on building sites because he, he works in, in building sites very often. He does like renovations. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would take them like as crusty as possible with bits of paint and stuff on them and then just texture them even more and, you know, paint over them to create this like wall effect, mm-hmm. like derelict. Um, and then we started making, but basically we found some other canvases that were larger without like seams in the middle and stuff like that um through some online website um 
and yeah we started like making all sorts of different colors and then we do them on commission as well so people can just ask us whatever color they want or whatever texture we make it for them and we charge less if they want to leave it here so that we can keep it (laughs) so a lot of people go for that because they want to use it for just the one shoot Mm -hmm. and then just leave it behind um others take it with them obviously (laughs) so i would suggest yeah try and find some really large piece of canvas um give it give it a paint maybe add some like i like to add some like plaster or you know some like bits of uh texture in it that's not just paint um yeah use sponges use all sorts of different tools that aren't just brushes um, to give it like a different look, like sprays and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and just have a play with it. Just go wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've mentioned a lot about community and you've got, it sounds like you've got a really strong community around you. How did you meet people? Because one of the questions I get asked a lot is, how do I find a team? How do I find people to work with? Um, especially when they're just starting out, maybe they've moved to a different country. How did you do that when you got here? Um, I definitely think social media played a big part. I remember when I first moved to the UK, I didn't know many people, but I posted on Facebook and I said, I'm in London. Would, does anybody know anybody who's in London? Just to ask for some advice, you know, and stuff like that. And that's how I met some of the first people that helped me out, you know, uh, meeting other people. And and that's how I got into this warehouse as well, where I live now. Um, and the people around this warehouse were already kind of used to the whole community thing, mm-hmm. but there weren't so many units at the time. Um, with time, the, the units have been developed into more apartments. It used to be more business. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I feel like with more people moving in, um, I think we're kind of like attracting the right crowd as well of like creatives that are into photography or set design or anything like that. Cause yeah, there's quite a, quite a group of us now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I definitely think community is a big keyword for Shutterhouse. Um, this is how we managed to have a dark room now. It's all community run there's um six of us and it's just membership based and that's how we managed to run it the same is for um the cookhouse for instance there's you know three members and um so we get to like use the space ourselves but also like hiring it out to other people for using it yeah it's uh, the community is very important. We also have catering here because another person that lives in the in the warehouse does catering. So we try to like outsource to the community rather than anywhere outside because then, you know, you can just knock on the door and be like, hey, can you do this for me? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it's so useful for someone like me who maybe doesn't know where to get catering or has a client who wants to book a beautiful studio and needs catering or needs a set design like it's great that I know that I can approach you and say, I need all these things. And you will literally be able to say like, we have a whole group of people that we can point you in the direction of. Um, And that's just so handy. Now we also have a lighting company next door. (laughs) Really good friend of ours. And yeah, he's a gaffer. So we also have like people that can light your set. So literally the whole package. 
that's amazing it sounds like as a photographer myself listening I'm like it's fantastic I'm coming like sign me up and I'm sure that anyone else listening who is based in the UK will be desperate to come and, and shoot with you what are some things that you wish photographers knew about what it's like to run a studio and are there any things that you find photographers regularly do that maybe are a bit annoying or frustrating or you wish that they knew more about? Mm, I definitely feel like um, having a studio uh, obviously attracts a diff- all sorts of different crowds. So some people are very organized and they come and they know what they're doing. So they know how to treat the kit really well and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, some others obviously <laughs> they have no clue. So I would say just try and be as prepared as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know about the kit, ask because I'm here for it rather than, I don't know, being a bit... Uh, rough with you know equipment and stuff like that Um, or also like tidying up at the end of a shoot (laughs) that's always one that you know (laughs) hits me pretty hard Um, but in general most people are are really nice and respectful and um, yeah I feel like having having an idea of what you're going to do is definitely going to help and we're here for it you know we're here to to you know, help you achieve it as well. So I always say, like, you're not sure about what to do. You can always ask me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know these lights more than you do because I use them all the time. So I can, you know, suggest what's best to do. Um, yeah. Amazing. I think that one thing I've found, and I I've definitely fallen victim to this myself in the past, is feeling shy to ask or like a bit embarrassed that oh, I don't know how that works or I I've, I can't get that thing to move or whatever um but yeah it is really important to ask you especially like you run the place you are gonna know exactly how that stuff works so yeah if anyone's listening and ever feels a bit intimidated or shy or like I should know how to do this but I can't um yeah because you had a weird like pulley system in your backdrops that I had never seen before and it's really easy it works though and it was super easy to use once you'd shown me how to do it but I was like I have no idea what this is um and yeah you were really helpful and just came and showed me how to set up all the different backdrops so that's really good to know (laughs) yeah that's what I'm here for at the end of the day um what kind of goals do you have for your own career as a photographer because your work is amazing and like what goals have you got for both you as a photographer and maybe the studios as well um hmm. okay that's interesting so i would like i mean this is very big <laughs> go big uh, i would like to be able to be be based anywhere in the world and you know, because I'm, I'm the kind of person that needs a hot climate, needs to be somewhere warm. I'm yeah, you're Italian. not in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally not. So I can't wait for the day where I can be somewhere warm and somebody calls me, like an agent or something, and, and they say, hey, can you fly here for this job? That's literally, if I achieve that, to me, you know, I achieve the maximum level of <laughs> career as possible. Um, and for the studios, I feel like, I don't know, we're at a good level now. We're always looking at expanding, obviously. Um, but yeah, I feel like the studios are just, they're kind of like, 
something for me to you know meet other people and um, that kind of sustains me when there's like low parts you know for my photography uh, low seasons you know and um, yeah I mean I like it to expand and I like it to be busy but I also don't like don't want it to be too overwhelming for me yeah. um, with time I, I started to ask for help and now I have other studio assistants that help me out as well but I used it used to be just me um, so I can see like Shutterhouse progressing into being more independent from me and not just being related to me only um, so yeah having different people that run it and being more independent from it definitely would you ever move out um, if the first part of the dream comes through yeah <laughs> And if I can be in a hot place, definitely. And how come then you came to London and didn't go somewhere like Milan, where you could say there is just as good of a fashion industry? I don't think there is such as good as a fashion industry in Milan. I mean, it's, yeah, it is a place where, you know, you get a very good fashion week and stuff like that. But I feel like London is way more full of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like there's more, because there's more opportunities, there's also more people doing it, but I don't know, you you get more more of a chance than you do in Milan. In Milan, there's always the same, like 10 people doing the same jobs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's a bit, because it's smaller, it's a bit tougher. And also I just don't like Milan. I don't That's know, fair. have you ever been to either. Milan? <laughs> yeah, I, have. I don't no, like it either. <laughs> not particularly nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like London for me was a dream since since I was younger. I just wanted to live somewhere that was a bit more international and uh, um, people from everywhere around the world and get inspired. This is definitely the right place for it. Yeah. And London will always have like a very big place in my heart. I don't think I'll ever be separated from it, but I just want to be able to be somewhere warm <laughs> for most of the year and then just come back here where where would that be in your dreams the hot place <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> um probably like bali or somewhere like you know <laughs> where the beach is really fantastic that would yeah. be amazing yeah i would love to be able to like spend most of my time in ibiza <laughs> And then yeah, that's be so good. And then just fly back for wherever I need to be. Or skip winters and go to South Africa. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's <laughs> like what so many brands do, isn't it? Like go and shoot in South Africa during exactly. non-pandemics. That's a good question, actually. I was going to ask, how has the pandemic? How have you had to adapt with COVID and everything for the studios? Um, so the very first lockdown was was the worst one I would say in terms of studios because um, we had to shut for basically three four months. Yeah. And then when we started, when we opened up again, it was a bit slow, and then it picked up and it was very very busy. And then with the second lockdown um, and the third, we've always had this two weeks time where everybody freaked out for a minute, cancelled everything or postponed it further. And then everybody realized, hold on a second, if it has to do with film, TV and advertising, you're, you basically can carry on working. So 
yeah, it just became busy again. So it's been, I would say, a roller coaster, like either nothing happening or super, super busy and nothing happening again, Um, which it's fine for me. Like, yeah, I, I, in the low times, I can just, you know, relax a bit as well. It's kind of okay. (laughs) Yeah, I found that as well. Like first lockdown, everything stopped. And then second and third lockdown, I say second lockdown, I didn't even notice I was in lockdown because I was so busy with work. And then the third yes. one, um, like January was really quiet. But I find January's quiet most years anyway. So it was okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. Just those like initial two weeks of freak out and then yeah. everything back to. Yeah. And I'm hoping now that it's just always going to be good. And hopefully we can just carry on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Where can photographers find you and like book the studio and uh, come and talk to you about their own projects and where can they follow you and your work? Okay, so Instagram is a really good place um, for my work in the studios as well. So my Instagram is at Anne-Marie-Sterian and the studios is uh, Shutterhouse Studio. We also have a page for set design, which is Shutterhouse under slash set design I think or something similar mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find it on the Shadow House Instagram um, and then the websites are www.annemariesterian.com and www.studioshutterhouse.co.uk amazing thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure yeah it's super fun thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of it starts with a click if you enjoyed listening to it, come and let me know over on Instagram. My handle is at Olivia Bossart Education. I would love to hear from you. If you think you have a friend who would like to listen to this podcast as well, I would really appreciate you sharing it with them. Referrals are the best way the podcast gets more listeners, so I would be eternally grateful to you if you could do that. If you want to continue to learn with me, my website is oliviabossarteducation.com where I've got loads of freebies, blog posts you can download a free pitching template and I've even got a free online workshop as well if you have any ideas of topics you'd like me to cover or anyone you think I should interview feel free to send me an email or just a dm on instagram my email address is info at oliviabossert.com and my instagram handle like I said earlier is at oliviabossert education I will see you in the next episode bye